The following is brought to you by Canyon Ridge Church at Tacoma. For additional podcasts or information on service times and upcoming events, please visit us online at www.explorecrc.com. Welcome back to our very second edition of Canyon Ridge Church Home Edition. Welcome back to my home and the homes of others of us who will be leading us today. We're so excited for the service that we have planned for you today. Uh, not just because uh, it's always great to get together and worship the Lord. It's so great to have uh, this place in the midst of all that's going on in the world, all that's going on in our lives, where we can come together and we can seek God's presence and God will show up, He will meet us here, He will be present with us, and He will speak to us. We already have all of that and we get to do that again today and I'm very excited about that, but I'm also excited for today that we have a chance to have some really special guest speakers with us today. And when I say guest speakers, don't take that wrong. Sometimes that means here are some people that you've never heard of and you're not connected to in any way and we're gonna say it's special. In this case, it's very different than that. Uh, we get to have North and Amanda Cady with us today. North and Amanda grew up with this church. They're, they're really from Canyon Ridge Church. And for the last several years, you haven't seen a lot of them because they have been missionaries to Papua New Guinea, working on language survey and Bible translation work uh, with the people of Papua New Guinea and with Wycliffe Bible Translators. Uh, they came out of this church. This is one of the two churches that were really one of their sending churches. And uh, we've been in great connection with them ever since they've left, but we're so excited to have them back with us. They're here for a year on furlough, a year or so, and uh, they're going to share today. This is the first church that really since they've been back, that they're going to take some good time and share with us the work that God has been doing in their lives, through their lives, and the work that God is preparing for them as they move forward that we get to be a part of. Uh, that was one thing I told them. I said, when you tell us about all this great stuff, don't just tell us about the great stuff God is doing in your lives. Tell us about how we can be involved. And so they are going to tell us exactly that, how we can be involved as God moves forward in the plan that he's working in their lives and that he wants to work in some of our lives as well. So very excited to hear from them today. Very excited as we get to move into a time of worship in just a few moments. Let me just open us in a word of prayer and then we'll get started. Father God, thank you so much, Lord, that, that you are good no matter how bad the world may look today, no matter how difficult, no matter how trying the circumstances are. Thank you, Lord, that you are moving in Canyon Ridge Church. Thank you, God, that you are here with us even as we are physically separated from one another, that you are here bringing us together. Lord, we ask that you would be present in this time as we lift your name up in worship as we hear about the work you're doing in the mission field, but Lord, also as we ask that mission field to connect with us and move in us and through us as we become a part of it going forward, Lord. Uh, we just wanna lift up and honor your name in everything we do. Thank you for being with us today, Lord. Be in this time of worship now, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Hi, Canyon Ridge Church. We are North and Amanda Cady, and we are missionaries with Wycliffe Bible Translators. We have a six-year-old daughter named Ember, and uh, we want to say thank you for having us here in your virtual worship service this morning. Um, we're really glad to be here to uh, bring God's Word to you, and we want to say thank you to Matt Venable, who invited us, invited us to share this morning. He's a good friend. We've known Matt for a lot of years. Um, for those of you who might not know us, uh, we actually have a very long history with Canyon Ridge Church. I actually grew up in this church. 
Amanda came when she was in high school. We were married in, in the sanctuary on 84th and Waller. And Canyon Ridge actually commissioned and sent us as missionaries back in 2016. So we have a lot of friends and friends that are as good as family. And also my parents, of course, actually attend Canyon Ridge. And so we want to say hi to all you guys. Um, it's good to kind of see you over the internet. And, uh, and to people that may not know us, it's great to meet you. We'd love to meet you face-to-face, -face, in person, whether it's over the internet or in person someday when this quarantine is over. Um, <clears throat> like I said, Canyon Ridge commissioned and sent us in, as missionaries back in 2016. Uh, we're missionaries with Wycliffe Bible Translators. In case you might not know much about the Bible translation movement, there are over 7,000 languages spoken in the world today. That's way more than Google Translate has any idea about. There are over a thousand of those languages that still don't have any scripture translated. Um, where we live and work in Papua New Guinea, there are over 800 languages spoken in that country, which is about the size of California. And many of those languages in Papua New Guinea do not have scripture. So our roles are not as actual Bible translators, um, we're support workers. My job is as a language surveyor. And so my goal, my purpose is to try and define the remaining Bible translation need in Papua New Guinea. So that means I conduct sociolinguistic research, studying the overlap of language and culture. I look at things like dialects, I learn about whether people are passing their local language on to their children or shifting to a national language. And I help translators themselves to make wise decision ab decisions about their translation projects. Amanda uh, works in HR. She vets new missionaries coming to the mission field. She also oversees interns who are working in language and translation related roles. But more than that, Amanda's big ministry is in hospitality in building relationships with Papua New Guineans who live in the same valley where we live in, in Papua New Guinea. Inviting them into our home, uh, praying with them, reading with them, and just keeping our home open and welcoming to them and trying to be an example of Christ uh, in front of them. So we want to show you a short little video of what life is like in many Papua New Guinean villages. This is not where we live typically, although you'll see us there in the video. Um, but just gives you a taste of the culture and day-to-day -day life. Our three years in Papua New Guinea were very exciting, but they were also challenging. A continual theme for us was overcoming fear through connection with people. Today we want to explore how fear keeps us isolated, but also how love and connection can overcome. I want to start by reading uh, a passage from God's Word, the story of Peter walking on water with Jesus, and so um, it's going to be Matthew 14, and I'm going to read verses 25 through 30. During the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on water, and came towards Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. This passage is really interesting because 
In the very beginning, Jesus warns them not to be afraid. He's warning against fear. And so Peter then kind of has a little exchange and dialogues with him. And I think maybe that connection or in that time is when he builds up some confidence or faith and he decides to begin walking on water and is actually doing it. But then there's a shift where he begins to focus on the wind and he's fearful and then he begins to sink. And not only does he begin to sink, but he's also no longer moving towards that connection with Jesus. When Peter focused on his external circumstance, that's when he was afraid. And I think that's true with difficult circumstances. They often lead to fear and eventually to isolation. And just like Peter, we faced our own difficult circumstances in Papua New Guinea. One of our major challenges was just building relationships with Papua New Guineans and learning how to do it well. We were so excited when we arrived, but we quickly saw that the mix of our cultures made for some real challenges. Because um, our, our cultures are just so different. Some examples of those differences, looking at our Western culture, were a bit more individualistic. We value being self-sufficient. Um, we're careful not to enable people, and we resist being taken advantage of. We also don't tend to like the beat-around-the-bush communication style. But in Papua New Guinean culture, they really value re reciprocation in a relationship. That would mean if you and I were really good friends or we were family, it would be absolutely expected that I would be sharing my time and physical wealth with you, even if we were just friends. They also have a high value of equal distribution. So if in a relationship one person has more, the expectation is that they would share those resources to make it equal. It's also common for Papua New Guineans to use indirect communication, which is fine, but often for us Westerners, it can feel manipulative because they're not coming out and saying what they really mean. Because of these differences, we de definitely felt some fear and anxiety about pursuing relationships. We had a lot of questions stirring about in our hearts and minds. Some of these questions that we had were, will they judge us for our wealth? When they see that we have running water and electricity and food for more than one day at a time, will they judge us for that? Will they see what's in our house and later break in and steal from us? Will they be constantly asking for things? And will it be difficult to say no over and over to those requests? Or will we end up saying yes to all of them and then be taken advantage of? But to tell you the truth, at one point or another, we definitely experienced all of these things. Except break-ins. Well, we did have stuff stolen, yeah. But we did experience these things. And the temptation when we experienced these things and when we had these fears was really to isolate, to withdraw, to revert to a self-protective mode, and just to do what was most comfortable, even if it wasn't right or the best thing to be doing. And so despite the pull to give into fear and to withdraw and, and to be isolated, early on we prayerfully made the decision that we were going to press into relationships with Papua New Guineans around us despite the risks and despite the discomfort. It was a decision we made. Um, and you know what we discovered? We discovered that the mess of the relationships was worth the fruit of connectedness and of community. The closer we got to people, the more natural it became. It actually got easier to navigate the difficult relationships the more that we did it. I remember one particular day, our friend Shadrach had come by. He was a dear Papua New Guinean friend of ours. North went on a trip with him. He had done work for us in our house, and he also was the worship leader of a local church we attended. And he would often come over and have coffee and snacks, and we would just talk and pray together. And one day he was there, and North and I had been kind of wrestling with um, the wealth discrepancy between us and our Papua New Guinean friends. And North asked him a pretty bold question. He asked Shadrach, 
What do you as a Papua New Guinean think and feel when you see the wealth discrepancy between you and I? And while I was very surprised that North asked such a direct question, I was even more surprised by Shadrach's response. His response was that the more time we spend together, share stories, eat and pray together, all the material things just fade into the background. Wow. What he was describing was this bridge that community and connectedness builds up between our differences. Over time, the differences don't matter as much because of the experiences we've had that have connected us. And still, as we look back over the three years, we are so glad we chose connection over fear and isolation. So not all, uh, not all fear comes from external circumstances. Um, some fear comes from the inside. It's internal. So I'm going to read a story from Genesis chapter 3. I'm going to read verses 8 through 10. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, Where are you? He answered, I heard you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. So we all know this story. It's the story of the fall when Adam and Eve have broken the one and only uh, prohibition that God has given them. They've committed the first sin, they've eaten the forbidden fruit, and Adam's stomach is still gurgling as he digests it when he hears God coming. I don't know if he heard God's robe brushing against the branch or his feet shuffling in the grass, but if you really put yourself there, you can almost feel the blood rushing into Adam's face and the panic swelling in his chest. And because of his sin and his shame and his fear, he hides. So his fear came from that internal place of sin and shame. And it led to him hiding, isolating. So when I put myself in that position, I can think how many times could I have said that same exact thing that Adam said, I was afraid, so I hid. I was afraid of what she would think of me, so I hid that part of me. I was afraid that they would think I was unqualified, so I hid. I was afraid that I would get in trouble, so I hid. Um, I have said this, either consciously or unconsciously, countless times throughout my life. Now, in Papua New Guinea, when I got to go on my very first survey trip, we went to the Agarabi language area, and I had a chance to share my testimony. Now, those of you who know us, uh, you know our testimony. It involves addiction recovery. It involves a lot of pain. Um, and a lot of shame. Um, my sin nearly destroyed our marriage and our calling. And so when I went on this trip and during our whole first year in Papua New Guinea, I had a choice to make whether I was going to hide that part of myself or not from other missionaries, but also from Papua New Guineans. So when we went to the Agarabi language area, we were on what was called a SURAM trip, which is an acronym for Scripture Use Research and Ministry. So we were studying how much the people were using the scriptures that had already been translated for them, and we were also doing ministry. Ministry involved things like teaching guitar, it involved sports programs, and Bible studies with kids, and of course, uh, some testimonies. So 
I had to decide whether I was going to reveal that part of me, not just to another person, but to an entire men's roundhouse full of unmarried young men. It had a bamboo floor and a grass hut. It was late at night and there was a fire roaring right in the middle of the room. And over a hundred men had crowded into this place to hear a testimony and to hear God's word. Um, so I, I took a step of faith and I shared my testimony. I shared about how my addiction had destroyed my reputation, taken my job, nearly destroyed my marriage. I described the shame and even the spiritual forces at work when I was going through that and my marriage was going through that. And I knew even before I shared that many of these young men uh, were very familiar with the exact same sin that I had dealt with. And after I was done, my friend Shadrach, who was there with me, who Amanda already mentioned, he then preached a sermon about repentance and God's grace and forgiveness. And it was amazing and it was powerful. And he drew on my experience that I had just shared. And then after him, my missionary friend, Rene, he preached another sermon that also drew on my, my experiences. And uh, so right there in that, in that uh, experience, I, I, got, I experienced acceptance from not just other Papua New, Guinea, from Papua New Guineans, but from this highly educated, really intelligent Bible translator type. Um, and, and they used my experience to open a door for ministry and open a door for transformation. So what I discovered in that moment was acceptance and opportunity when I pressed through my fear and chose not to hide. Um, I chose to connect with God and with others and I allowed my sin to open that door. And it was very healing. It was a really cool experience. I think that's great. I think you can see from both of these biblical stories and both of our personal stories that fear can come from the inside or the outside. It can come from sin or circumstance. But either way, focusing on our fear leads us into isolation. For us, had we focused on our fear, we would never have been able to make relationships with the people we went to Papua New Guinea to serve. For North, if he had given in to that fear and temptation to isolate, he would have missed the opportunity to share a testimony that impacted many people. For Peter, his fear led to sinking rather than moving toward Jesus, and for Adam and Eve, it led to them hiding from their maker. While the result of fear is almost always the same, so is the solution. It's to pursue love and connection. Pursue it with God and with others. 1 John 4.18 says, There's no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear. Now, while we're talking about the importance of pursuing connection with God and with others, we, we believe that, and that's what we're sharing today. But I think it's also important to recognize that God pursued connection with us first. He pursued it when he created us and he made us in his image. He pursued us and uh, desired connection with us through Christ on the cross and through his invitation for us to join his family and through salvation. And so while connecting with him and with others is difficult, we have to remember that he first pursued us. God desires to connect with you and with us. So here is just a, a basic two-part challenge that we came up with to share with you guys, but also one that we're going to be taking seriously. The first part of the step, the first step or first part of the challenge is to get honest about whatever fear and anxiety you're experiencing right now. So pause and think about it. What fear and anxiety? 
Is it from external circumstances like I shared? Is it the coronavirus? Are you at high risk and you're nervous of getting sick? Or you've had a loss of work and you don't know where your income and your money's gonna come from to pay for food next month or your rent? Are you just anxious about being stuck at home? You never expected to be homeschooling your kids. And so maybe there's external circumstances that you're fighting fear and anxiety about right now, that you're focusing in on that and you're not being as victorious as you could. Or maybe it's more like North shared. Um, maybe your fear and anxiety is coming from inward. It's coming from sin. Maybe being alone at home right now and having more free time, you're faced with the situation of your heart. You're faced with your sin and maybe that's overwhelming. And maybe that's uh, creating fear. Or maybe you have so much time with your family and you're in such close quarters with them for such a long time that that too is revealing the sin inside of you. I know it does for us. And so that can create fear and anxiety. But whether that fear and anxiety is coming from inside or outside, we challenge you to take a moment and get honest about it. Discover what it is and just be honest with yourself and with God. The second uh, challenge is to move forward and connect with God and with people. I know when we're struggling with fear, at least for me personally, connecting with God can be really difficult. Um, sometimes I struggle with what do I read in his word or it feels empty because I, I just have this wall up. But I just challenge you to take a moment to get away listen to worship music and ask him to bring those walls down. Ask him to connect with you. After all, when you look back at Peter, when he began to sink and he failed, you know, he, he gave in to fear, it was Jesus that pulled him up. So ask God to connect with you and then reciprocate that connection. And then when it comes to connecting with people, we're gonna have to get creative. Of course, our life, our circumstances are really different. Maybe it's a great time to connect more with your family, with your children. Maybe you're always working and you don't have that time to do a puzzle or hear their stories. Um, connect with them, pause, and make real, honest, genuine connection. Maybe it's video chatting with friends or mentors, uh, joining a virtual community group or a virtual worship service like this when you know other people are watching it at the same time. Play battleship with your neighbor across the lawn or share some encouraging words with the cashier at the grocery store or the person in line standing six feet away from you. Um, take a time to make a meaningful connection. So this week, we are going to be working on connecting with God about the things that are causing us fear and anxiety, and we're going to be getting creative about reaching out to others and connecting with our brothers and sisters in Christ. And we hope you do too. So the next thing I want to do is close us in prayer, but then after that, I would like to talk to you about one more thing. Father God, thank you for this day. Thank you for your word. And thank you that your perfect love has the power to drive out any fear and anxiety that we have, whether it comes from inside, from our own sin and shame, or whether it comes from our external circumstances. Lord, we pray that you would go ahead of us this week, and we trust that your mercies are new every morning, that we have nothing to fear, and that it is your desire for us to connect with each other to be honest and vulnerable with each other, and also to be honest and vulnerable with you. I pray that you would strengthen us all, encourage us all, as we go through the rest of this week and through the rest of this month through this time of quarantine. We thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness and your sovereignty and your power and your love. In Jesus' name, amen. So one other thing I want to mention is that in the same way that we rely on connection with each other and with God in our personal lives and in dealing with fear, 
Amanda and I also rely on connection with others and with God for our Wycliffe ministry. We depend on a network of prayer partners and financial partners to do our work in Papua New Guinea and also to live and work here in the United States. We have lots of people at Canyon Ridge who have financially partnered with us in our Wycliffe ministry and we're so grateful to you guys. Thank you for your faithfulness through partnering with us to, to see God's word translated into the languages that still need it. And for those that, uh, that are not involved yet, we want to invite you to join our team. You can do that pretty easily by clicking on the link to Wycliffe.org that will be provided below. You can email us. I think our emails will be listed here. Also, you can message us in Facebook or call us if you can get our phone number from somebody who knows us. We're just not going to post those on Facebook. Um, we have a, a ministry budget, which Wycliffe sets for us, which is we're required to meet 100% of that budget um, before we can go back to Papua New Guinea in 2021, which is our hope and our prayer currently. Um, currently, we're at 76% of that budget, and so we're definitely looking for more people to join our team. So if you're interested in that, if you're interested in getting involved, if you're interested in getting emails or connecting with us, please just reach out to us. We'd love to meet you in person or over video chat, um, and then hopefully eventually in person. Um, but yeah, feel free to contact us. We love you guys, and thanks for having us. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Well, thanks to North and Amanda, Katie, for being with us today. I really appreciate you guys and everything you have uh, done for this church and with this church. And thank you for being with us today and sharing with us what uh, God is doing in your, your story and inviting us to be a part of that. And church, please be a part of that. Find your way in being a part of that. If it's praying for these guys, if it's uh, giving to them financially, if it's being a part of just their story and what's going on, if it's being engaged in their time when they're home and helping them, supporting them, then uh, find a way to be engaged in this and be a part of what God is doing in their lives uh, because it's God's story and God invites us to be a part of it. So we're almost done for today, but before we go, uh, let's talk about Easter. We're not forgetting about Easter. We're just saving the best for last. So we're a week away from Easter, one week away. And I know this year it's, it's not going to be the Easter that uh, you normally look forward to and you know and you love, uh, a bigger service, uh, a bigger event, lots of guests coming into the church building, getting to see people that you know maybe wouldn't normally come to a service, but they'll come on Easter. Not going to be this, this year as we're all... Uh, still under the stay home order and we need to respect that and that's that's a good thing for us to do because we want this virus to die out we want our community to return to health and and we want to support all the efforts that are going towards that uh, but you know God hasn't given up on this Easter God has not uh, given up on the opportunities rather I think God is challenging us to say what if you had to reimagine that what if you had to think about Easter a little bit differently how could it be how could you reach people if you were online and that was where you had to draw people in to hear the message on Easter Sunday, to be a part of a community on Easter Sunday. And so I think he's challenging us for that, Kenya Ridge. I've asked you guys all last week to pray every single day about who God would put on your heart to invite because the invite list is now wide open. You don't have to be within a 15-minute driving radius of the church anymore. You could be across the world. You could be in another continent. You could be in another time zone. And you could still come to this service on Easter Sunday with Canyon Ridge Church. I think it's an amazing opportunity. You have the easiest chance to invite people that you've ever had. You can blast the invite out to everybody on your, your friends list, your contacts list already. Um, you can do that this next week. 
Um, and I encourage you to do that. I want to get the word out, but a lot of churches are just going to get the word out. But I also encourage you to do it in a personal way, uh, that you would, you would respond to those promptings that God has put on your heart because you've been praying. Um, and when God has said, hey, invite this person, talk to this person, think about these people, that you'd maybe go a step further. Actually reach out and send them an email specifically. Or pick up the phone and call them. Do a connection call with those people and just see how they're doing in life. See what their needs are. See maybe what their spiritual needs are and how you can help meet those and say, you know what? Uh, we're doing an Easter service online. You don't even have to get out of your bed to watch it, but you can, you can join in with us and I'd love to have you join us um, this next Sunday. So we're still doing Church at Home next Sunday, 10 a.m. And I just, I challenge every one of you to say, uh, not just that you'll be there, um, but that you will do what God has asked you to do, what God has put on your heart to do and sharing that invite with other people. I promise you it's going to be a time where we have some good worship. We're going to have a good community celebrating the, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And we're going to have a message that day that the world desperately needs to hear. They need to know that God is alive and well and wanting to move and act in their lives. And we're going to spread that hopeful message next week. So don't miss out the chance to be a part of it. Please be a part of it all week long. Continue to pray for those you're inviting. Uh, but then make those specific personal invites to people. And uh, let's just see what God will do for it. And let's, let's be excited about the opportunity that God has given us this week. Okay, it's been great being with you again at our Home Edition service this week. And uh, look forward to hearing from some of you on connection calls and hearing that you're making those calls with others in the congregation. Look forward to hearing about the conversations that are happening in our Facebook group. Uh, we just need to continue to connect with each other, church. We gotta get better at this during this time. And that's going to be one of the blessings that God can use that can come out of this. So we'll be better at connecting and being the church that he's called us to be. So be the church this week. Pray. Respond to God what tells you in his prayer. Be safe. And we will see you on Sunday to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ.